0: It's now time for the Billy C Show. Part of the BillyCBoxing.com network. And we're coming to you live from the Billy C Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Caligero, and it's time for the Billy C Show. Good morning. Good day. Good evening. I hope you're doing okay. I hope all your holidays were great. We're kicking off our first show for 2019, so I'll get with it. Uh, today's show is being brought to us in part by Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria and Italian Restaurant located on St. Simons Island in Georgia. Uh, check out his website, uh, I'll give my man a call, 912-268-2328. Nine one two two six eight two three two eight. Find out why I go all the way to St. Simon's for an authentic Italian meal. And today's show is also being brought to us in part by my book, Tom Molino from Bondage to Baddest Man on the Planet. Uh, it's available where all good books are sold. Get yourself a copy right now. Uh, you could do it while you're watching or listening to this very show. All you got to do is go to BarnesandNoble.com or Amazon.com. If you're looking to get a signed copy, just drop me an email, Billy at talking boxing that's t-a-l-k-i-n-b-o-x-i-n-g and finally today's show is being brought to us uh in part by and and i can't even pronounce the name of this new network but yes we are we have a new channel that launched um actually last week uh, the beginning of uh the new year uh you can catch it uh it's a billy c channel it's 24 hours a day seven days a week some great stuff uh, on there uh, from the last uh, 15 years, we're entering our 15th year uh, doing this show. A lot of good stuff. Uh, you got to watch this. You can catch it on uh, Roku or uh, all, all the all the new streaming stuff. Roku, Google uh, TV. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm not up on all of the ones uh, Hulu, uh, all that stuff. Uh, just go to uh, Ginico, G I N I K O U S A dot com uh, for all the information, uh, it's free, sign up, check it out, uh, you'll see the, uh, revisiteds we've done, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, great stuff, I was just, uh, uh, just talking about, uh, me reviewing a, uh, a video we, we posted up there on one of the, uh, uh, days, you know, cause it, it's 24-7, so we create these, uh, uh you know, basically playlists uh, of stuff, and I happen to see, a. uh, uh a what we had at one time called a round table uh with uh, myself and uh dax and alex papali and I, i'm looking at it going god who's that young good-looking italian guy? oh my goodness it was me you know and it was only uh uh not too long ago so man this whole aging thing really sucks uh but uh anyway on today's show uh we will uh, uh be getting dax to join us a little bit later uh as well as um Alex Papali, like I had mentioned uh, uh, earlier. Uh, And uh, we will also uh, be hooking up with uh, my man uh, Sal, uh, Rocky Senicola. Uh, That'll uh, be happening uh, in a little bit as well. Uh, So, a lot of stuff going on. We want to talk about um, some uh, uh, things that, uh, some major things that took place uh, in uh, the boxing world last year uh, in 2018. And, of course, Uh, all the happenings uh, uh, of this year um, and what we should expect. And I'll kick off the show by just saying uh, simply this. um, You know, as we are in January right now uh, of the new year, you know, I I look at the schedule, and although uh, yesterday was a little slow uh, in terms of boxing, uh, beginning, uh, uh, you know, next week uh, and there, uh, you know, throughout the whole um, month the rest of the month we got some good stuff coming up man I mean uh there's uh, on ESPN uh plus oh that's another thing uh you know I, it's funny I was talking to Dax and uh I said uh I said to Dax I said oh man you know we were talking about the channel and all of this stuff and um you know I I, I saw um uh, I, I I saw an episode I, I you know because I'm constantly going up on on the new uh uh, network and, and checking it out, making sure everything's uh, flowing the way it should. And um, I, I come across this episode where um, I I'm talking about uh, how the future of boxing is gonna be and and blah blah blah. And I'll tell you what, if I do say so myself, I predicted exactly what was happening like with the with the uh, streaming services. Uh, the only thing I left out was the exact names uh it was pretty uh, uh pretty cool uh that uh i hit at least i hit that one on the head uh speaking about hitting on the head uh my man uh sal rocky senicola just hit on the head that he's got his camera back and he's uh live and well with us right now so uh, happy new year sal <laughs> happy
1: new year to you too billy c welcome how you doing today pal
0: oh i'm doing better now that uh, i could see you again <laughs> but at any moment you know sal's uh uh, lack of technical knowledge may kick out the camera but that's okay we'll be ready to just to talk to you You know, it's okay but you know Sal I was starting off uh, to revisit some of the uh, highlights of 2018 and although you know when I, I had a really good chance to reflect and, and recharge and stuff uh, uh, being out uh, for a couple of weeks and, and I know uh, you did as well even though you know you're still busy with the biz and everything but you know recharging and stuff and You know, towards the end of the year, uh, last year we were talking and uh, there was a lot of disgruntled and grumblings. But, you know, when you sit back and take a look at it, Sal, 2018 was pretty good for boxing. I mean, we saw some uh, really good fights. And and let's start off with the one that you've been chomping at the bit, um, wanting to talk about. Um, Of course, we got to give credit. Uh, to Deontay uh, Wilder he had two good fights in 2018 Sal he had the fight that kicked off 2018 it seems so long ago but that fight with uh, with Ortiz you know uh, Luis Ortiz and Wilder in my opinion put uh, Wilder on the map in terms of not that he wasn't already on the map but in terms of beating a quality opponent and then of course he followed it with his last fight uh, which you haven't really given us a chance. We haven't given you a chance to give us your thoughts uh, with the uh, fantastic uh, Tyson Fury fight. What was your thoughts on your idol, Deontay Wilder's uh, year in boxing 2018?
1: Well, he did have a pretty good year. Uh, I'll tell you, he he did with the Ortiz fight, uh, definitely solidified his position uh, as far as being uh, considered uh, the top heavyweight champion in the world. And, uh, you know, when he had the opportunity to fight uh, um, Tyson Fury, you know, that was exciting. And, you know, at first, Bill, I wasn't even a big fan of the fight itself when it was being made. I thought Tyson Fury had a little bit more to prove to himself. He's been out for a while. But, you know, I will tell you this, and I will humbly say, I gave Tyson Fury more uh, respect, or I have more respect for him Uh, or was more impressed with Tyson Fury uh, than I was with uh, Deontay Wilder after the fight. But with that being said, it was a very good fight. And in my opinion, and I scored that fight, Bill, and I I tried to keep all emotion out of it because, you know, I do root for uh, Deontay Wilder. I did have Deontay Wilder winning that fight about (laughs) a score of but, of course you did. Of course you did. I hear rumblings. I course rumblings. Course okay. <laughs> I, I had him. It was a narrow win, but it was a win. I had him, I think, 114 and 113 or 113 and 112, one or the other. And it was it, the saving grace was, were those two knockdowns. Um, and uh, But it was a good fight. And I maybe I scored one or two of those rounds. I really scored as an equal draw because, you know, I, I when I score a fight, I take each three-minute round as one-minute sub-rounds. And, you know, when you look at the Hagler-Leonard fight a couple decades ago, you know, Leonard closed the show at the end of each round. He would just put on a display and flash in a pan, and and he's, I would say, in all due respect, I think he won a lot of those rounds in the minds of the judges uh, just by closing them real big. And and But when you look objectively at a fight, you have to look at Maybe three individual one-minute rounds and see where each person is at that point in their in their minute increment. And that, I mean that's how I do it anyway. And when I did it like that, I did give Deontay Wilder a one-point advantage and the victory. Now um, I will tell you this: I I thought that you know Deontay Wilder, as you said all along, it has a one-trick pony. He's a heavy puncher, and that's 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 his only arsenal. That's his only weapon. And uh, your words resonated with me as I watched the fight because that's pretty much all he needed or all that he was ready to, to, to uh, provide. And, uh, you know, when it came to the antics and the boxing skills and what, what uh, Tyson Fury was able to show him, it's just what you and I also discussed. He never fought an opponent like Tyson Fury. First of all, he never fought an opponent taller or bigger than he was. And this is something that along your pathway during your amateur career and your professional career, you should have that opportunity to be well-rounded enough to learn how to faint, to do things. And you and I discussed this as well. Whose fault is it that he was 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 blindsided by a, a different face, a different style, a different uh, body? Was it was it his trainer's Mark Breland? Uh, uh, for his inability to to show and give him a preview of what it's going to be like to spar with a tall guy or fight a tall guy or faint to the head and go to the body or do things and uh, and actually slip a punch or is it because maybe Deontay Wilder really isn't or does not have the ability to follow instructions as Mark Breedlin might be uh, trying to lead him to that water to drink I don't know but the bottom line is the next fight that we see Deontay Wilder in is going to tell the world the difference. We're going to see if he's improved and if he learned something from this fight, because if he did, he's going to learn a little bit about fainting. He's going to learn about going to the body because I thought that would have been a great strategy for him to do. Uh, And he's going to, he's going to learn how to slip a punch in the box a little bit.
0: You know, um, I, I, the scoring, all right. Uh, you know, some of the rounds were, were, were close. There's no question about it. I, I scored the fight for Tyson Fury, and if it weren't for the two knockdowns in that particular fight, the, in my scorecard, would not have been close. Uh, so I do give Deontay Wilder credit for making it appear to be a close fight. But those close, what I term close rounds, the reason why Tyson Fury won those rounds was, in my opinion, and in the opinion, opinions of, of most people, was that he threw more punches, and Deontay Wilder did not. And like I said on the post-fight show, you know, it, it, it boils down to, and I know it's subjective to the judges, but it boils down to how many jabs, or or should I just say landed punches, should equal one solid punch And I'm not talking about a solid punch that will drop an opponent or even stun an opponent, but just a good solid punch. You know, what's the formula? Because if a judge says, okay, well, uh, you know, 12 jabs uh, will equal one solid punch, and then you look at the Tyson Fury-Deontay Wilder fight, and then you you see that uh, Wilder may have landed one harder punch in three minutes, uh, and Tyson Fury landed... Uh, 15 jabs in the same three minutes and if that was the criteria that was the formula then I could agree but that isn't uh you know at times you do have to uh, make a, a a judgment for yourself uh, who won the round and I judge uh, around just exactly like you do one minute increments and I, I I don't see anywhere where um Deontay Wilder won the fight uh and I also agree about and you and I talked about this yesterday, but uh, I also agree about where Deontay Wilder is. Um, He's a one-trick pony because, and and I'm not blaming uh, Breland. I know know we both agree that, you know, he he, he looks like he's a a really good trainer, uh, but unfortunately he's got a guy with freakish punching power. And Sal, you and I talked about this yesterday. You know, forget boxing. In any human situation... When 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 you're, you know, at a point where you shift into auto mode, we have a tendency to go to what comes to us naturally or comfortably or whatever. And that's what happens with Deontay Wilder. He's always going to revert back to his punching power. You say, oh, he should have worked the body more. Well, that was the brilliance of Tyson Fury, tying him up. And um, Deontay Wilder not having the wherewithal, knowledge, whatever you want to say, to, to do anything about it he let Tyson Fury dictate the fight and just as you also know that I reminded you about yesterday that I said that Tyson Fury uh would be the first bigger opponent that Wilder has ever faced and Sal you agreed I mean the guy was clearly and I'm talking about Wilder was
1: clearly uh uncomfortable fighting a taller guy Yes, he he definitely looked at, that 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 uh, looked uncomfortable, looked a little awkward, looked a little, little. Uh, I haven't used that word in a long time. Stymied. He, he he was he was like 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 frozen. Like like how do I say this? What am I going to do next? And and you know, do I put on my offense? Do I put on defense? Do I just let him fly? I don't know. I think and and like I said, you know, Bill. I know it'll never happen, but I wish I wish I could train deontay wilder i swear to god i wish i could train and have have a couple hours in the gym with him and just show him exactly what i think he could do because like i said his next fight out whether it's going to be against tyson fury or a taller opponent or somebody is going to tell a lot as i think tyson fury's will because you know I, I i did mention that also yesterday i think that's the hardest tyson fury has ever been hit in his life and beyond any expectations I saw that big six-foot, how tall is he, 10? Uh, Six-foot-seven, six-foot-eight guy climb up, get up. You know, it was a little, little long count. But he It was not a long count. It, it, was, a little, it, was a little, it was a little long yeah. count. Yeah, when you but, uh, see, why? Because uh, the referee, no, the, two, the referee was like, one, three, let's see, what uh, am I
0: doing tomorrow for you? To watch. Uh Two, wait, I lost my count. Let me was start over. One, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, you know what, no, I no, gave, I, I, I give credit. To the referee, I give credit. you know, because and we we've talked about this a lot of times. A referee, again, human nature. A referee nature. when a fighter and 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 you know, I, go back if anybody doesn't believe me, go back and watch tapes uh, of of uh, any referee count. And what most of them do, you know, they're leaning over the fight. Well, a lot of them just wave it off nowadays. But um, <laughs> you know, I, if most of the referees will start counting, and they'll be like one. Two, you know, and then the fighter starts to get up. And as the fighter's rising, their adrenaline's going to and They start four, five, six, you know. It's like (laughs) they're they're trying to beat the count to ten before the fighter gets up. And what I give uh, credit for in the uh, uh, Deontay Wilder-Tyson Fury fight was that he maintained the same uh, speed at which he was counting. You know, if you think – now, remember something. Alex Papali points this out all the time. It's not a 10-second count. It's called a ten-count. So yeah, as long true. as you maintain, as long as you maintain the same speed at which you're counting, I don't have a problem. But um, you know, uh, <laughs> it, it was a good fight. Uh, you know, the, the, just like we talked about yesterday, it, it's going to be interesting to see what happens next. There's a lot of rumors that he's going to fight his mandatory, which is Dominic Brazil, next, and I think that that will hurt him, Sal. Just like I told you yesterday, and the reason is because you would think that after um, re-watching the fight and you know seeing what he did wrong or what he didn't do or what he could have done, you'd want to see him back in that position to see if he actually learned something from that fight. And what's going to happen is that they're going to put him in with a, uh, another fight that's going to be easy for him, and he's going to go out and shoot for the knockout and then he's going to be in the same boat, relying on his knockout skill. And and by the way, before you comment on that, I'd really like your comment on his excuses about the hurt arm. Um, you know, I lost a lot. You know, he could have just let it go that he got a gift draw, in my opinion. But no, he had to come out and try to make a claim that his arm was injured. And if that were the case... And why did he keep throwing it? He didn't favor that right hand at all in that fight. That was his his most used uh, arm. You know, so what was your, what was your thoughts about him uh, uh, crying about an injury?
1: well, and and that you never like to really see. I mean, it's like, uh, okay, you put it out there, you say it, and and everyone knows, and that's fine. Hey, you you could say it in a subtle way, but drop it, let it go. Say, you know, i uh, I, I you know my arm, uh, I heard it training. Uh, we kept it quiet, and I i don't think it really came into to f- be a factor, but, uh, you know, who knows? Uh, no, you know, see, I, I disagree. I, he shouldn't have said anything about it. No, exactly. And, and, and maybe, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, you know, it, had he won, you probably wouldn't have heard anything about exactly. it. Exactly.
0: <laughs> and, and let me tell you something. How do you complain about a hurt right when you almost killed the guy in the 12th round with it? I mean, how, well, how, you, you know, it, it didn't make sense. It uh, to me, it made yeah. him look stupid. To be honest with
1: you. Well, I, I'll tell you, like like you said, I, I I don't think he is the most eloquent or most composed uh, uh, fighter. Wow. Being
0: interviewed. Not, wow, nothing gets by you, huh, Sal? Hey, you know, I'm being obje-
1: <laughs> Hey, and I'm being objective this morning. <laughs> yeah, <you're laughs> yeah.
0: A li- little bit. Most- <laughs> a little bit. You are being a, a little <laughs> but, bit. But you yeah, know, listen.
1: Here's the other thing I kind of touched on a little bit when we discussed this yesterday. You know, Bill, many times we'll see a fighter who appears to be on the same level that we've always seen that fighter perform at. And then maybe he has a war, maybe something else, and you'll hear all of a sudden, you know, something's off. He's not the same. Well, like I said and hinted earlier, let's see what happens with Tyson Fury's next uh, performance. You know, like I said, I don't think he's ever been uh, uh, struck with a punch quite as heavy handed as uh, Deontay Wilder. And, you know, I'm curious to see if that those punches that he absorbed and took and and (laughs) I can't believe he still got up from uh, had any impact or 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 is going to interfere with his cognizance ability and 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 just see how he is is he a different fighter is he the same fighter is he a more aggressive fighter we don't know but like i said sometimes it just takes one fight to turn a fighter and you see a little subtle difference uh like i said i think that the the fight coming uh between these two guys again uh i don't think we're gonna see anything that much different from a tyson fury that he could show us the only expectation on my end will be to see if Deontay Wilder did go to school and learn something about the style he was going to face and he's going to face again and about how he can offset and uh, and come in and be ready for that kind of fight again. I think the, it, when and if they fight again, I think that we're going to pick up
0: uh, with round 13. I, yeah, I think I, I, I think that uh, Deontay Wilder, uh, in, in that... that Knockdown in the twelfth is actually going to be, in my opinion, a bad thing for for Tyson, uh, for Deontay Wilder, and and the reason is because of of the s- severity of that punch and how Tyson Fury went down and appeared, you know, never to be able to get up, uh, <laughs> well, let alone beat the count. Um, I think that Deontay Wilder's game plan is to try to end the fight um, quicker, not to let Tyson Fury dictate the pace of the fight and the style of the fight, which is what Tyson Fury does. Tyson Fury has done that uh, throughout his career. Um, and the other thing is, is I I think that uh, Tyson Fury will be in better shape. He was in fantastic shape, but considering he lost about a hundred pounds uh, since his return to the ring, I think the guy is going to be in better shape. I, I don't see Deontay Wilder wanting to fight him, and and uh, right away. Uh, I mean, in in the in a perfect world. That fight should be their next fight, um, it but should. it but it, it won't should. be. It won't be, and um, it's a shame. And you know we're going to see the same uh, ducking game between um, you know Deontay Wilder and and Anthony Joshua because that's still the fight
1: that uh, that we need to see. Thank you, and that's exactly what I was saying to myself while I was watching the Tyson Fury Deontay Wilder fight. I said, "Here we go." And your words again resonated with me as I was watching that fight, and I said, "Boy, wouldn't it be something if Tyson Fury does win this fight, and there goes those millions and millions of dollars that we calculated that that Deontay Wilder could have received if he'd started with that fifteen million dollar cut to go fight uh, uh, Anthony Joshua the first time with the uh, with the rematch clause." And like I said, we're gonna always look at that situation because up until whatever day they finally do step in the ring, any fight they take with any other point uh, opponent is one fight away for this fight never to happen, and it may never happen.
0: No, nah, you know, and and it's um, it's sad, you know. You know another thing, I never heard uh, what the final. Uh, money was that they that they made I you know that that was that whole money <laughs> situation has point. been has has been kept quiet I mean uh, <laughs> uh anyway real quickly before uh we take a break and and get Dax on for a little bit a um, couple of good fights coming up this month Sal uh beginning uh, uh in two weeks Bryant Jennings against Oscar Rivas in the heavyweight division big fight uh really um in my opinion. Uh, also. Uh, uh, the Manny Pacquiao, you know, same weekend. Manny Pacquiao, uh, January nineteenth, uh, fighting against Adrian Broner, which I think is a, a, you know, it's a tough fight for Manny Pacquiao. Manny Pacquiao is forty years old. Uh, oh, Adrian right. Broner, I, I don't think he's, I don't think he's thirty yet. Actually, I, I have his, uh, uh, I have his his um, box rec right in front of me here, and uh, I, yeah, he's uh, twenty nine years old. So, wow. you know, he's almost given up uh, uh, ten years. Uh, Manny Packers. That's not an easy fight. And uh, Broner apparently has rededicated himself to the sport. Then uh, 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 Badu Jack against Marcus Brown. It's another good fight. Um, uh, Jamie uh, Mugaya, uh, the uh, junior junior middleweight uh, titleist who should be a a light heavyweight. He's so big. Um, He's taken on uh, 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 Takashi uh, Inua, which is uh, a good matchup. Uh, Also... Um, uh, in a heavyweight division, on the uh, at the end of January, uh, Adam uh, Koznaki is taking on Gerald Washington. I-, I like this fight, Sal, because it's two young heavyweights fighting each other, which I-, I think is important. I think you go back to Deontay Wilder's problems that we see with him, and the fact that his lack of facing good quality opposition early on is what's coming into focus today. Uh, that's why, you know, he struggles against, uh, uh, you know, that better level fighter. Uh, and then Keith Thurman. Remember that name? Whoa, whoa,
1: whoa. Wait, wait. Did you? Let, let, let me hear you say that again. Yeah. I,
0: it, it sounds uh, familiar. What, what name? Did you mention? I, it, 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 Keith <laughs> Thurman. He's returning to the ring and he's fighting Josito Lopez. <laughs> is that and, Uma
1: Thurman's uh, brother? Yeah,
0: that is. That's about as close to, to the <laughs> ring as he's gotten lately. But, but Keith Thurman. Uh, Let me just look real quick. His last fight was against, let's see, I have it right right here, uh, Danny Garcia uh, in March of 2017. Uh, So really, he's going to be coming off of, um, uh, you know, pretty close to a a two-year layoff Um, by the time he gets into the ring at the end of this month against Osito Lopez. Um, Very disheartening, in my opinion, for this guy, Sal.
1: Well like I said you know you and I have talked about Keith Thurman uh, many many times and you know he's got all the ability he's got all the talent but does he have the heart the desire and the 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 uh, wanting of of this to, which is the desire to put it all on the line to step in the ring to, to face the fire I mean we, we, we say that you know it's it's a different form of boxing for him today he's, he's not engaging as much as he used to and things like that he's slipping punches they're boxing they're you know like I said I can't I can't uh, criticize a fighter for trying to evolve or learn and, and slip a punch here and there and but but uh, uh, versus just running away but uh, you know he's giving us different different uh, shades of what his potential what his ability is because when keith thurman's on i'll tell you what i'm a keith thurman fan he does know how to fight he does know how to box uh but when you know he's out of the ring for two or three years for a hurt arm or this and that and you know, how serious is he about this career? Is he thinking about other things? Is he just waiting for the um, right opponent, right time? It, it, you got to keep active. You want to stay in the game of boxing. You know, you fight like you train. You train like you fight. And you, you put it out there. And, you know, you, you're a flesh in a pan anyway. You're you're, you're a star that's going to burn bright for as long as you can. And then you say goodbye. But when you stretch it out and you're, you're there for a couple of years and you're not engaging in the top comp- opponents in your division – and you're looking like you're slipping this guy, that guy. You don't want to fight that guy. You're looking here, and you're gonna have a few spots and a few credits that uh, will not be given to you uh, when all is said and done.
0: Personally, I think he lost his last two fights. I think Sean Porter beat him, even yeah. though he, even though he so. uh, got a unanimous decision win, and then his last fight against Danny Garcia, uh, it was a split decision win. But, um, and I didn't think that Garcia would would uh, would do as well, and and I thought he yeah. lost both of those. You know, so um I you know I've lost a lot of respect for Keith Thurman there's uh no question about that but uh hey listen Sal hang tight we're going to uh take a short break when we come back we're going to have Dax Khan on we'll get his thoughts and then uh you'll be able to uh don't don't ruin your connection Sal I'm not
1: gonna do nothing forget uh, about it I will right
0: here I will get back to you (laughs) Uh, after uh, Dax and Alex, so uh, don't go anywhere. That's what we- my last girlfriend said. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, and you're still waiting. That was, about 35 <laughs> years ago. Still but, uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> anyway, listen, we're going to uh, take a short break, and when we come back, uh, Dax Khan joins us. Uh, don't go anywhere. Billy C. will be right back. Now back to Billy, Billy C-, C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to The Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us. Don't forget about our new 24-hour-a-day, uh, 7-day-a-week uh, television channel. Um, you can get it on all your streaming devices. Uh, we got it uh, available through Roku and Hulu and all those other things, Google Play, uh, et cetera, etc. etc. Just visit uh, GINICO, G-I-N-I-K-O, USA.com. Uh, create an account you'll see us down in the uh, uh, with all the logos of the other uh, television shows on that network sign up it's for free and check it out you'll love it joining us right now haven't seen or heard from this guy in over a year well, well at least by definition uh, Dax Khan what's up Dax
2: hey happy 2019
0: I know it's I uh, can't believe how uh, how time is flying you know I, you, you were uh, in my mind recently, especially with the new TV, because, uh, you know, I'm uploading a lot of stuff that that we've done over the years, and uh, one of the ones I stumbled across was uh, one of the original uh, um, uh, roundtable discussions. Uh, You and myself and and Alex were there, and you know what? I I saw something, Dax and you, that I don't think I saw something in me. I look a hell of a lot younger a couple of years ago, that's for sure. But I saw something in you that I never thought. You actually look nervous in front of the camera. Man, have things changed, huh?
2: Bill. I don't want to put your business out there, but it was early in the morning. You didn't brush your teeth. You were letting out some little stink air underneath the couch cushions. You're
0: <laughs> you you you're sitting there looking at the camera, looking a little nervous. I'm like, oh, God, he's nothing like that anymore. That's for sure. I remember
2: the time we did the one with Bob and Ma, and uh, Bob still hasn't left Canada since.
0: <laughs> that was another one. Hey, that one's up on there, too. No, uh, I was talking about uh, one before that. But uh, Anyway. Um, 2018 we had some uh, we had some good fights you know we were like I was saying to Sal a little earlier you know we seemed to towards the end of the year, you know a lot of us including myself were, were complaining about certain things, maybe more the way the business side was going but you know after reflecting uh, recharging for uh, several weeks here between uh, live shows, um, you know it was a good year. And, and when you kick off just in the heavyweight division to see uh, Wilder take on two uh, big fights in Ortiz and, and uh, Tyson Fury, and then over on the other side, you had Anthony Joshua unifying the title against Joseph Parker, and then another fight with uh, a, a top-ranked contender in uh, uh, Alexander Povetkin. What's your thoughts? Well,
2: 2019, now that it's here, we have high expectations because of last year. Um, in my opinion, uh, some of the most significant moments of last year is uh, one thing is 2018 kind of brought boxing back to that whole global spectrum. Uh, we had a new superstar emerge in Alexander Usyk, who uh, won that World Boxing Super Series, and he pretty much unanimously Claim the uh, fighter of the year, uh, whether or not it was ESPN, CBS Sports, Sports Illustrated, Ring Magazine. I think we all here had him as 2018 fighter of the year. Uh, Vasiliy Lomachenko and Terrence Crawford are still battling back and forth. Uh, see, um, you know, who's recognized as the pound for pound king. Uh, Canelo, he goes for a, a third division title, uh, regardless of what you think of the opponents. And uh, we kind of got ourselves a cult. You know, kind of a cult hero, and uh, obviously, you know, what I a lot of people are you know are calling him is the most feared man in boxing. And he's not a heavyweight, he's not a light heavyweight, and he's not even a welterweight. And that's uh, the monster Noyo Inui. Uh, you know, he delivers sensational knockouts, he's, um, 25 years old, 17 and no, with 15 stoppages. Uh, he has wins. Over, you know, world champions, uh, uh Tugachi, Adrian Hernandez, uh, Omar Norvayes, uh, Coie Kuno, Jamie McDonald, Juan Carlos Peano, and uh, they, they weren't just bell holders, they were all established champions with quite a few defenses underneath them. Um, I know that uh, people say, well, Lomachenko, you know, this is a guy here who is uh, sensational in a different way, but you know, you got a kid like Anui who isn't really uh, seen much over here in this country. Uh, you know, due to uh, network co- uh, conflictions, but you know he's had titles in three weight classes already, and then the World Boxing Super Series, Bill. You know that has really cleaned up two divisions: the cruiserweight division, you know, with Usyk coming out ahead, and then of course with Callum Smith uh, becoming the the king of the 168-pound division. And not only that, is those guys have also claimed the ring title, and now we have a second season, and we're going to have us, you know, uh, again, we're going to have ourselves two um, undisputed uh, champions in two separate divisions, you know, and that's really clean up the sport, and most of all, what we've seen a change of is in the business side, as you know, you mentioned all the time. Eddie Hearn and Sal Promotions, in my opinion, have genuinely separated themselves from the rest of the pack throughout the whole sport, and they have pretty much truly, you know, defined themselves as the promoters in boxing. Yeah, you know, especially with the uh, the DAZN network and the World Boxing Super Series.
0: There's no question about uh, Hearn. You know, I, I just you know you make a, a great point about Usyk and the cruiserweight division. And you've said, uh, as a matter of fact, I believe it was the last show that we did live. Um, you even said it, it, it. I was making a uh, comment about the cruiserweight division, like I always do, uh, and and I I basically generalized saying that the cruiserweight division um, is uh, not as popular as it should be. And then you corrected me and said, "Well, that's only here in the United States," which you are one hundred percent correct. Now we get a guy like Usyk, who seemingly is the main man of the cruiserweight division, and and fortunately for us, we have a lot of other cruiserweights that are willing to get in the ring with this guy to to try to uh, you know take his his uh, title away of, of being number one. But the other side of it is, and a question I have for you is Usyk, or as it turned out, did Usyk? Um, his success as a cruiserweight, was it too good for his own good? Because now people are pushing the guy to move to heavyweight. And I, you know, not that I don't think he could beat some of the heavyweights out there, but it defeats the purpose of what I had hoped would uh, be the end result in the cruiserweight division.
2: Well, unfortunately, with the cruiserweight division is unless we have things such as the World Boxing Super Series, you're not going to get a lot of viewers. It's only popular in certain countries, you know, that I continue to say, and you just, uh, you know, uh, reaffirmed. So Alexander Yusik, right now, people just want to really see if he can really – Become what's expected of him, and because people haven't really seen him as much, and they, you know, they hear more about this guy, and they've seen a lot of clips of him. You know, it, it kind of becomes like, you know, can this guy really be that good? Now, if he was here in the United States, let's say, and and um, he stationed himself here like a Vassal Lomachenko, there'd be no question on exactly how good Alexander Usyk is, and people would be tuning in not to see, um, you know, what he can do next, just to see how dominant he is next time.
0: Well, I mean, again, should don't you think he should stay in the cruiserweight division?
2: But if he stays in the cruiserweight division, Bill, again, you know that that's my point because there's not a lot of competition, there's not a lot of um, attention for it, um, you know, in in this country or even in you know a lot of other countries outside of you know uh, certain European countries. Alexander Usyk, more or less, he's kind of gonna. Um, become that guy that you know could have should have would have uh you know he was that guy that yeah he won this tournament but really we don't know how good he is because who would he really fight and because these other uh these fans don't really know how good those other cruiserweights are so he's in kind of in that no win situation remember i always talk about that article i wrote years ago when vladimir klitschko was first uh beginning his reign as the undisputed heavyweight champion you know is he too good for his own good which is more or less uh what you're trying to say and i believe alexander Usyk yes he's too good for his own good basal lomachenko too good for his own Good. Once you get to that certain level of skill, and you become so dominant that people actually
0: just really start believing that you cannot be that good. Well, the the, the problem I have is that it, a fighter like Usyk, who's dominating a division, and when it's all said and done, you know, it, it goes down as from a historical uh, perspective as a guy who dominated a division in his uh, era. And that's all you can expect from a fighter um, during their active career is to face everyone that's available at that time in their divis- division. We can't criticize fighters who happen to come along and if the division was weak, et cetera. My problem, Dax, is if he moves up to heavyweight, which, you know, I, and I understand all your point, and he loses – there are going to be some unknowledgeable fans out there that are going to say, see, he wasn't that good. And they're not going to put it in perspective about what he was trying to do. I've said this all along, and I also promised I'm not going to mention his name, so I won't. But the but the truth is is that these kinds of fighters that claim that they're the best when they don't fight the best that are available at that time, should uh, they're not as good as they think. You know, I... I I don't know. It's a catch-22, and I know financially he'll make out better moving to heavyweight, but um, I don't know, man.
2: No matter what, he's gonna do well because Alexander Usyk is signed with the man that we were just speaking about, Eddie Hearn.
0: Right. I mean, he'll financially. So no. So you no, mean- no.
2: No matter what, Eddie Hearn is gonna get him that exposure. You know, Ed, Eddie Hearn pretty much has taken over everything, and, and we see when you look at that stable, Bill. You know, and I hate you know I don't want to like you know just focus on Eddie Hearn, but you look at that stable. You, you, have the US you, ha- fighters, you have to. You have to focus. Have just jumped over to him. You know, off the top of my head, if I was going to think Eddie Hearn fighters right now, I'd say uh, Ryan Burnett, Anthony Joshua, Ant Corolla, Charlie Edwards, Maurice Hooker, Callum Smith, Yusick, uh, uh, Cal Yaffe, Amanda Serrano, Demetrius Andre, Daniel Jacobs, Daniel Roman, Luke Campbell, Connor Ben, um, Dillian White, Heaven Farmer, Arthur B. Debev, uh, uh Josh Kelly. The list goes on. All the top names are with him, and he just seems to be getting more and more names as time goes on because everybody is seeing exactly what he's doing. Eddie Hearn is not letting these guys sit stale, and if people in the United States don't want to do business, Eddie Hearn is going to give you uh, fights throughout the whole world because Eddie Hearn, you know, truly believes that you know it's a global sport, which is the beauty about boxing. And Eddie Hearn, you know, now that he's in the United States, little by little. Uh, these fighters start seeing that, you know what, gee, Eddie Hearn can do this for me that he's done for everybody else. And, you know, there's not going to be hoops to jump through. I don't have to worry about when I'm going to fight. I don't have to worry about who I'm going to fight. All I know is that I'm going to fight. I'm going to stay active. I'm going to make my paycheck. And as long as I'm in there and I'm training and I'm winning, Eddie Hearn is going to get me to exactly where I want to be.
0: You know, the other thing about Eddie Hearn that I really uh, like and respect is the fact that he doesn't, his fighters fight and i'm not just talking about stay busy type fights um he fights he puts his fighters in with real fights you know a couple weeks ago we we saw the charlo brothers both of them struggled and it's the same thing that i constantly say about wilder you know the blueprint today with with uh with promoters and management etc is to protect their fighter, protect the O, you know, and then the networks fall into play. You know, oh, we got an undefeated fighter. Oh, we're fighting for a world title. And they focus on that one side, and then the sacrificial lamb gets brought in. They destroy that opponent, and they're, they're pounding their chest and they're the best. Um, but what we saw with the lack of, which we've been talking about now for 15 years, the lack of the climbing the ladder Fighting the guy above you, beating him, and moving up not only shows us you know, the quality of, of that specific fighter, but it allows that fighter to get better by facing better opponents. We saw um, Wilder struggle, but he came out and won against uh, uh, Ortiz. We saw a fight that many of us believe he lost to Tyson Fury fighting the same way, all because he's never learned how to really fight somebody that can fight the same thing happened with the Charlo brothers dax these guys were 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 coddled uh either if they fought a guy with a name it was at the end of his career whatever they get in fights that they both should have cruised one struggles the other loses i mean when is the fan base going to accept or understand that there's nothing wrong with a loss on a record as a matter of fact most quality fighters improve because they learn something from that is it ever going to change at least um i or should i say change or should i say go back to the way it was well, what's your thoughts
2: well first uh, a lot of that blame goes on to the sanctioned bodies you know they seem to allow or they seem to rank guys based on wins and not quality of wins which is how it should be uh you know you mentioned. Uh, Deontay Wilder and you mentioned the Charlo Brothers you know the Charlo Brothers have some quality wins but uh, Deontay Wilder has some quality wins but they have not done exactly what you said in terms of, you know, slowly raising their level of competition, fighting uh, what, uh, you know, the journeymen, which is how you really build fighters into complete fighters, putting them in there against these experienced journeymen who are going to present them with things that they've never seen before and and test them. There are very few guys out there like an Alexander Yusik, like a Vasyl Lomachenko, like a Noya Inouye, who are capable of going out and winning world titles after five, six, seven or 10 fights and, you know, in multiple divisions. And, but because these fans don't know who these other these opponents are then all of a sudden you know they don't have respect for these fighters or with vassal lomachenko there's always an excuse there's a reason on um you know why his opponent didn't do well that night they all of a sudden become overrated or we've had this conversation before about terence crawford terence crawford you know there's actually people out there despite how good he is will say who has he fought why? Because they don't know you. You know you hit the key word. They're uneducated fans. They don't know who a lot of his opponents were, or a lot of who his opponents are, and they base a lot of his opponents off the fact that they had a few losses. So they obviously can't be that good. Uh, me and you had a conversation yesterday, the day before yesterday, about somebody saying, "Well, if." a certain fighter has 19 losses they can't be the greatest of all time but again when you're looking at that fighter sometimes that fighter was fighting 20 21 times a year sometimes that fighter was fighting twice a week so you know when you're traveling from new york to california you're fighting new york on a saturday you're fighting in california on a sunday then you're fighting in florida uh, on wednesday you know what you're going to get yourself a loss because you're not going to be able to recover you're not going to be able to recuperate it's going to happen it doesn't take away from you the quality of the fighter what it does is just means that you know too much too soon you're overwhelmed you had no breaks in between you mentioned Keith Thurman before there's a guy who's had a long layoff he might benefit greatly from that so you know the fans that you know it's just it's very uneducated and because boxing is a business these sanctioned bodies and the networks now are going to capitalize on the fact that the fans don't really care about the quality of what's going on behind there. They care about the O, so let's just promote the O, and that makes our job easier. It's cheaper to promote an O, and whatever happens after that, we don't care because there's always going to be another guy coming up that has an O. We can just jump onto and follow that same method, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, you know, and another thing uh, I, I know uh, m- people might not know, but Dax and I were talking about um, Sugar Ray Robinson with what he just mentioned and the other thing, keep in mind, on those trips, New York to California, they weren't hopping in a plane and being there. You know where their bodies weren't taking a beating. A lot of times they were they were doing road trips from city to city to city, from one end of the country to the other, and that beats the hell out of you too. I mean, uh, you know, I know just traveling to the city to from from where I am now to, down to the uh, in, into New York City. You know, the the drive back and forth. Um, we'll beat you up, you know So, you know, that takes a toll on you uh, uh, As well uh, A couple of good fights coming up uh, To kick off the new year uh, You know, the uh, Mungaya fight against uh, uh, Takashi uh, Inouye uh, I, I like that one I, I do, you know, I, you know I'm a big fan Of Josito Lopez it, This is the guy, kind of fighter that I love A guy that, you know, oh, fight who? I, oh, wait, okay, you know, and he's fighting Keith Thurman the uh, Kowalski, Adam Kowalski, and Gerald Washington fight I like, um, but I I I can't help but be drawn to the Pacquiao-Adrian Broner fight. Dax, um, I think this is a tough fight. I mean, we could say what we want about Adrian Broner, but number one, you know, I, and and quite frankly, you know, his his decline, so to speak, was his punch output. He's still good defensively. He still has a solid chin, and he still has some pop. And Manny Pacquiao is forty years old. Uh, we all know what the what his hopes are uh, should he get by Broner, but this is not a layup fight. Um, w- I know we, we'll have more time to talk about it. But what's your thoughts as of today uh, on the Pacquiao Broner fight?
2: No, Adrian Broner is, is certainly um, not a layup fight for anybody. Adrian Broner is his own worst enemy. You know, when it comes to his career, uh, Manny Pacquiao. That's a great point. He's uh, forty-one years old now. And you made the other great point where Adrian Broner has that low punch output. Can Manny Pacquiao continuously throw punches? And is he able to throw those punches while avoiding a counter punch from Adrian Broner? Which, you know, could very much end up very much how the Pacquiao and Marquez fight did. When Pacquiao was ahead, he seemed to be boxing very well. He got caught with that one counterpunch, and then he ended up face down, um, you know, unconscious on the ground. And Adrian Broner is a heavier hitter than Juan Manuel Marquez was. Um, But, you know, Manny Pacquiao... You know, this is uh, maybe his last hurrah. Why he's continuously doing this, I don't know. Um, You know, he he should, uh, you know, retire from the sport after this fight, at minimum. Um, Adrian Broner, you know, this fight, too, is going to tell a big story on him, even if he wins, depending on how well he does. You know, Adrian Broner may have to rethink his career uh, also. But, you know, if I was going to pick a winner on this Due to the punch out, put, I'd have to say Manny Pacquiao. But I would not be surprised if it did end up, you know, one of those one punch knockouts, and Manny ends up on his face.
0: Yeah, you know, I mean, you know, Broner's got hand speed. Broner's got accuracy. Um, I think the 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 knock on Broner will be that he will try to to counter punch Manny, which is um, you know something that he, he's got to be patient with and hope that he lands that. That, that perfect counter punch and if Manny is is in good shape even though he's 40 years old um and, and he can you know uh, deliver punches from different angles the way he used to if he can just just get some of that uh back uh, it, it ought to be interesting but it's not a layup fight it's a tough fight um and you know I don't know I, don't, I haven't even looked at the odds but I, I would think I mean I would think Adrian Broner, despite Manny Pacquiao's success in his career, he'll be a first ballot Hall of Famer. He'll finish um, higher than than uh, other fighters that were parallel with him on my all time great list, regardless of what happens. But I would think Broner would be the favorite in this fight, Dax.
2: Yeah, I, I I believe so. You know, I, I I think that you know if you were going to lay some money down, I'd probably lay money down on Adrian Broner for this fight. But, you know, uh, Adrian Broner, again, um, you know, if he's not active, though, I can see him losing on, on points as long as Manny Pacquiao is a little bit uh, uh, conscious. You know, Adrian Broner, he, free, he seems to freeze up when guys throw a lot of punches at him. He has such a great chin. That's what allows him, you know, to, to not be knocked out. And... Um, Adrian Broner has no problems with getting a little bit rough inside, uh, you know, with the elbow. He has no problems with, you know, hitting the, the hip and that. And Manny Pacquiao, even at his best, was a guy that never liked to, uh, you know, to, to be roughed up. He never liked to see his own blood. Um, now, at forty-one years old, when at the tail end of your career, or something like that happens, I can actually see Manny Pacquiao falling apart and Adrian Broner uh, going into the center of the ring and creating some sort of sensational knockout rather than just a counter punch that catches Manny Pacquiao. So, you know, it's 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 you know the. I'm, uh, what's, you know how how do you say it? you know the, the 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 one I always use when you know the, you want to use that cop out and, and say you know there's uh you know you really can't decide uh, officially you know but uh the fight is Adrian Broner's to lose if that makes sense.
0: So so uh, one last thing I wanted to ask you before we let you go, um you know the new uh, television deal that we have with uh, Gineco, uh, uh USA, I, I know you've had a chance to look at some of the stuff on there i mean uh it's pretty interesting right i mean I, I didn't realize to be honest with you i know we've been doing this for a long long time but I, I didn't realize how much content that i actually had that now we get a chance to to you know re-see like not just the show stuff you know the events and uh all of that I, I, I was actually uh, watching the uh, hall of fame event we did uh back in 2011 can you believe how uh, how much time has flown by uh, but uh, what's your thoughts, initial thoughts on the, on the new network?
2: I like the network, especially, um, you know, you go around and you search. You know, you, you find old movies, like I was telling you. Uh, you know, there's, there's nature shows. There's a little bit of everything on there. And what I like is the fact that it's available all the time. It's almost like a continuous DVR where you can just pick and choose what you want you know there's of course there's that live feed that's always playing but then when you go down the list of the channel or a show you're able to pick and choose whatever you want to see from the past very much like ours is i also so you know it's great you know and that's you know that that's the future bill you know that's you know 2019 um you know to expect uh, I know we spoke about that yesterday saying you know what to expect in 2019 in 2019 what I expect are the streaming wars for boxing I expect that the zone and ESPN plus you know to go uh, you know have streaming wars very much like HBO and Showtime used to except you know these guys here are just going to do on another level because they have a bri- uh, wider audience than HBO and Showtime uh, ever did due to the fact that it's worldwide and it's that streaming so you know that you know the sport is you know it's going through some serious changes the streaming is Exciting. It's even more exciting that we're available on this on this streaming network. And that's the future of boxing. And that's what 2019 is going to be. And at the end of 2019, whoever the most successful promoter is and has the most fighters out there on these streaming networks, that's going to be the promoter that ushers in 2020 on top of the sport, whether or not it's top rank with ESPN Plus or whether or not it's uh, Matchroom with The Zone.
0: Yeah, you know, and and like I said and I said in the beginning of the show, I stumbled across a show I'm, where I was saying, well, all the thing about the streaming, it was is actually kind of funny, but um I, it is the way it is. And, and and you know, I I said at one point that I did not think that that boxing was going to be able to uh, copy uh what um Dana White did with with the UFC. But in a sense, with the the, the way that the uh, definition of how you're going to be able to watch it kind of is we don't have a league of boxing but what we do have now is an alliance with a promoter and what goes along with your alliance with a promoter is your favorite fighters fighting under that promotional banner and now you'll have to subscribe to whatever their um, streaming uh, um, service is, you know whether it's the Zone or ESPN. Uh, pm plus or or any of the others that are uh, popping up i mean it is what it is so yeah you know so in a sense you're gonna your your favorite fighters are gonna dictate who your promoter is versus and, and add that with who your streaming company will be who you're gonna subscribe to et cetera et cetera so it is uh exciting and and there's we're, really no we're limit. Already,
2: we're we're already seeing that you know with uh, the two networks and these uh smaller promoters that aren't as quite as big as the top rank or a mat are aligning with uh, diff, uh, one of the streaming networks or the other. And if you notice, with the zone, right after um, Canelo signed that agreement with them, now all of a sudden we're seeing a lot more of Golden Boy promotion fighters on that the uh, zone card. For, uh, the Jaime Muniga fight, for example, you know that's going to be on the uh, zone. We have that the zone card in. Um, coming next week with the Demetrius Andrade fight, and underneath there, there are several Golden Boy fighters that are on there, and not only uh, top-name well-known fighters, but it's also getting out their prospects, which that, Bill, in my opinion, is even a a bigger asset to the sport, because now we're getting to see these prospects worldwide, and the whole world is getting to see these prospects, uh, what they are, instead of just hearing about them and seeing showcase fights, everybody, the whole world is putting them under scope, and the fact that the whole world has them under scope, in my opinion, that might actually add a little bit of pressure whether or not it's to the sanctioning bodies or whether or not it's to the promoters to uh kind of uh increase the level of competition for these guys instead of giving them so many showcase fights because once people start getting bored and they stop subscribing then you know business goes bad and you know then you got to come up with a new uh a, a new game plan you know so 2019 is definitely going to be you know the year to watch because boxing is really going to you know, just totally make a change and you know it's going to uh, really tell us the future of how what direction the sport's going to
0: go in No doubt. Dax, appreciate your time. Look forward to you next week, my man. All right, everybody. Enjoy your week. That was Dax Khan. You can check him out up on our website, www.billycboxing.com. I'm going to take a short break. When I come back, we're scheduled to have Alex Papali join us. Don't go nowhere. Billy C will be right back. Hey, fight fans. Check out KOFantasyBoxing.com. Fantasy Boxing is boxing's only trademarked fantasy game. Check it out, www.kofantasyboxing.com. Select your own gym, your own fighters, track them through a season that can last from three months to a year, depending upon which league you join. You got to check this out, man. www.kofantasyboxing.com. Join it today. Again, www.kofantasyboxing.com and tell them Billy C sent you. Now back to talk and boxing with Billy C, the only radio host man enough to take a punch from Mike Tyson. Wait a minute, man. Hold, hold, hold on there, Jeremy. Man, uh, I need you to take this one on. Right? Wait, what? What? No way. I, I, I can't do this. Need I remind you I'm Billy C? Damn it! Now put on that mustache and get in there. Hey, hey, look at me. I'm Billy C.
1: <laughs> Crap. <laughs>
2: The undisputed heavyweight champion of Boxing Talk Radio. It's talking Boxing with Billy C.
0: Now back to Billy, Billy C. C. Interact with the show at billycboxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to The Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us. Don't forget about checking out the new uh, 24-7 TV channel, Yeah, that's right, man, the Billy C Boxing Network. Check it out. All the information can be found at uh, Ginnico G-I-N-I-K-O-U-S-A dot com. Sign up for free right now. Watch us on uh, uh, Roku, Hulu, uh, all the other ones, too. But uh, anyway, joining us right now, all the way from the big city of Connecticut. is Is there a big city of Connecticut? or uh well you know the state and hopefully he can hear us but uh is my man uh, uh Alex Papali. Uh what's up Alex? Uh no Alex you can't hear us can you? Alex Alex is uh <clears throat> having some technical difficulties uh apparently so uh, uh hopefully he can uh, uh get those resolved uh but uh, he is waiting um but uh we do not we cannot he cannot hear us apparently um you know can can he hear us now is the question but uh um i i'm not sure uh are you there alex no he's not he's not there uh, he's there we see him we see you alex but uh we can't hear you and you can't uh hear us so uh in any event uh i will uh wait until uh he can he can catch us uh if not you know i, I want to carry on uh with uh um, a uh, situation. Okay, well, you can hear us now. Uh, okay, now we can hear you because he threw the C- yitty C- to the side. Uh, uh. So hey, well, uh, it's it's you and I can talk uh, off air, but it's it's the, um, it's a setup that you're gonna have to make. Which one looks at? But nonetheless, we got you. Um, everything. Uh, how was your new year? How was your new year, Alex?
3: Pretty good. How about yourself? It
0: was good. It was good. Uh, have you had a chance to check out the new uh, TV network?
3: I do. I did, and uh, I do like it. It's uh, very interesting to see uh, the way um, there's so many different channels of different things for people to watch, and uh, it's pretty cool. Well, I know. I, like.
0: you, I know. I know you. The the one that caught your eye as soon as you know you're scrolling down is the Cannabis Network. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that that's much. right above us it, it was it was right above us I was like oh Nate, and of course I checked it out and uh you know there was uh, uh some network, some movies and stuff It's was, it was pretty cool and like there's an old-time movie channel also uh, like Dax was talking about but it's uh it's good stuff but you know I I, I know I got a uh, uh you know obviously I'm doing all the programming for it but I came across and I was telling Dax the very first roundtable, the, the, the prototype roundtable that we did, and I think it was four or five years ago, and I'm looking at it, and I'm going, oh, that, that's Alex Papali, it is Dax Connor. Who's that good-looking Italian man? I was like, oh, my God, man, have I aged in the last four or five years. You know, it's like I didn't even look like me, but some really good stuff, man, some uh, some stuff I forgot I even had. That You know, all the events that you and I did, we have on film that are all up there, um, so uh, some some good stuff there. But uh, oh you know, wow,
3: even all those um, those like MMA fights.
0: I didn't put those up because uh, yet I, I was considering it. Um, the quality uh, of the sound wasn't good. I also did a uh, an amateur event in Saratoga once that the the sound was not good, and and I just don't think it'll it'll be. Uh, uh, worthy of of putting on I, I, you know I'm, I'm trying to keep people watching and listening versus saying i'm not watching this but uh anyway before we before we uh the last thing that we were talking about Dax and myself were was the streaming thing and uh uh you know I, he 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 made some great points about the audience that it can reach et cetera et cetera and in his mind that uh, he thinks that you know it's going to get uh, it's going to be better you know I, I agree initially, but I think what's gonna happen from from a, just a, a a technical point is I think what's what's taken place is the term streaming is something that the older people, you know, uh, <coughs> like myself and and well, Sal is Sal is much older than me. so you know, guys like him. Um, we look at it as something different, but a lot of the younger people just look at it as that's the way it is. I mean, you know, what's the difference between, you know, streaming or whatever? I just want to watch my show. How do I get it, etc. My point is, do you think that over time, once everybody, you know, drinks the Kool-Aid and I've subscribed myself to uh, to to the streaming services that, um, you know, we, we all know about, we don't have to mention, but we know who they are, um... Do you think over time that the fan base will eventually be the same as it always was? Um, Do you think that it it truly will get out to people that, let's say, have never watched boxing? I I find it hard to believe that the availability, worldwide availability, is much better, like Dak says. But I can't, I have a hard time believing that somebody that never was into it would all of a sudden be into it because now they can watch it on their handheld. What's your thoughts?
3: Well, I think it's possible. I think I think the way people are going to become fans of boxing is the same way they always have in that they they see a fighter or they uh, hear about a fighter who captures their imagination. Uh, And then once that happens, then they're going to seek out to watch them fight wherever it is, whether it's on an app or whether it's on network TV or whatever. Uh, I went to dinner last night with a very good friend and his mother-in-law, and uh, we did start talking about boxing, and, and she remarked about how uh, she can remember watching the Gillette Friday night fights. And I think that, you know, yes, the boxing landscape, uh, what it means to be a boxing fan is very different than that now. I think the, the wonderful thing about that back then was that there was only three networks Um so when you have primetime coverage of boxing on a weeknight or on a Friday night, a weekend night, then it does up the credibility of the sport you know to the mainstream like you know it puts it on the same par as basketball, boc- uh, baseball and football. We don't have that anymore. Um, not exactly. Now there still is um, boxing on network TV. I mean I saw the ad last night for the upcoming PBC show during the Dallas game. So, you know, there's there's probably more boxing now on TV than there's ever been. The thing is that, you're right, there's lots of different niches, there's lots of different options on how to watch it. So, yeah, people like us who grew up, you know, with ABC, CBS, and NBC, and then, you know, pay-per-view model and, you know, the pay channels, Uh, That's very different because now there's lots more avenues. But I don't think it's worse. I think it just – you know, it's – the media is very different. And becoming a star now doesn't necessarily – it's not the same path as it used to be. You could become a star just from having a YouTube channel like you, Billy C.
0: (laughs) That's funny. But, uh, you know, (laughs) that. Yeah, or or just screaming that you wanna, you know, kill. I gotta, I'm gonna kill somebody in the ring. Now. That's right. But, <laughs> the more outrageous,
3: the more outrageous you are, uh, you know. But, but see, that's the thing is that I think that you can. It depends what kind of star you want to be. If you want to be a flash in the pan, yeah, you just post, you know, a, a Drake in my feelings video. But uh, if you, you know, want to have. Um, some sort of longevity. Then I think you do what you do, where you uh, you know establish a uh, rapport with fans, and you know have something that they could depend on of uh, you know what they're going to get from you and stuff like that. And I think that that avenue is still available, and it's available on multiple platforms now. It is weird um, to think that it's hard to keep up because I, I I love Bryant Jennings. I haven't taken the plunge to buy ESPN Plus. But I guess I have to if I want to see Bryant Jennings. So that part is a little annoying because it does seem like you've got, if you love boxing and you want to see everybody, you've got to buy a lot of apps. Exactly. Which is a bit of a, yeah, that's a little bit of a pain in the ass. But I think if you're a fan of baseball, that's probably been the reality of what it's like being a fan for a while. That you know, if you like one certain team, well, you've got to buy that network
0: right well first of all i want to give a shout out to johnston brown he he sent us a super chat and we appreciate it uh he wants to wish everyone involved with the billy c show happy new year and and, uh, same to you johnston he does a great job uh for us over uh the other side of the pond and um uh, he plans on uh spending a lot more time ringside uh this year he also keeps us up to date uh with some uh great articles up on the website billycboxing.com so appreciate uh uh, that, As a matter of fact, I have an email uh, from, uh, from Johnston that I will read in a little bit. But, uh, but you know, the, the, the bottom line, um, Alex, is simply this. You know, back in the day, and you mentioned the Gillette fight nights and stuff like that. Back then, fights, and I've said this many times, there was so much boxing on television that it was literally uh, five days a week. And they had their own television guide just to keep fans up to date on who was fighting now that came at a time when there were three channels that you could watch not uh, an infinite amount like we have today so um i think what what the streaming has done is is it, it has brought worldwide attention um you in other words you could watch a fighter from any part of the world now wherever you are and that wasn't the case during our time, uh, uh, as we you know were younger and, and getting in, that definitely wasn't the case. But the pay per pay view model is still alive and well because you gotta pay extra to see uh, you know the or or ESM, ESPN Plus you know uh, so you're tacking that on, and then occasionally if there's a a pay per view like Manny Pacquiao's fight coming up, you still gotta have a a, a cable network. Uh, that you uh, a cable service or or a a, you know satellite service that you're uh, tied into so you're paying for that the occasional Showtime fight now you know even though they are online uh, you're still you know uh, paying for that so I mean the bottom line is we're paying a hell of a lot more money to stay up to date on boxing, Is it good? Is it bad? Listen, I watched the show when I said, you know, a couple of years ago, several years ago, that the future will bring us uh, exactly where we are, where you pay X amount of money and you'll get to see whatever you want, you know, whether it's baseball, football, uh, boxing or whatever. And it's clearly going in that direction. So, um, I, you know, I think it's good. I think it's good for the sport. I just think, rel- you know, in a relatively short period of time, We're not going to refer to any of this as television, streaming television, cut the cord, you know, satellite. It's just going to be entertainment, you know. However you get it, you'll get it, you know, but uh, uh, in any event, Um, what's your thoughts on how 2019 seems to be kicking off? Uh, Like I've said earlier in the show, um, we were kind of complaining a little bit about uh, the direction uh, boxing was heading towards the close of 2018, and I think it was more dissatisfaction over the fights we did not get to see or the fights that we want to see. But, you know, over the last couple of weeks we've been off, uh, you know, I had a chance to uh, basically think about the great fights we saw in 2018, and it started in January of 2018, um, and we saw some good fights. I mean, just in the heavyweight division alone, we saw um, AJ fight and uh, unify the heavyweight title with Joseph Parker And Pavetkin. You know, two big fights for him um, Deontay Wilder two big, His two best fights uh, Against the best opposition in Ortiz And Tyson Fury Tyson Fury himself uh, coming back from being uh, You know uh, Losing over 100 pounds and, and fighting a couple of stiffs And then going jumping right into Deontay Wilder And giving us that What's your thoughts on how, uh, what we should expect for 2019?
3: Well, I tell you, it, when you look at the heavyweight division, uh, I can't remember a year that was this exciting uh, recently, that's for sure. Um, I don't know. I, I Like I say, um, like I've said many times, I grew up in the Tyson era, so uh, that sort of – it was heavyweights that brought me to this sport. Um, the thing that I just – like a kid in a candy store or a kid in a candy uh, comic book shop, uh, now with these heavyweight champions is that, unlike Mike Tyson, um, all three of these guys, we have seen them get mailed, uh, see the black lights, and then come back in fights. That's something Mike Tyson never did. That adds this, uh, I don't know, this level of credibility to each one of them that, for me at least, uh, is just... I don't know. That's that's big because, especially, that's a level of character that a heavyweight champion shows that um, you know some of the greatest never did. Uh, some of the people that we think of as you know the best of the sport, you know, Mike Tyson never showed that.
0: Um, How, so, what do you, what do you mean by that? Explain that because I thought that he did. I mean, he was our guy. He was I, your guy I, too.
3: If you ever if you ever hurt Mike Tyson, you finished him.
0: But that was uh, only at the end when they when he could get hurt
3: right but that's but that's just it so we never saw i mean i don't know that so it's sort of like a negative because uh, because all he did was steamroll guys and that he was always a front runner he was never the kind of guy the closest he ever came to coming back to win a fight um was against Francois Botha where he lost 5 rounds and then put him to sleep with one right hand we never saw mike tyson have to get get it together and rally. If you beat him if you started beating him, you would beat him. Um
0: but that didn't come for years and that that seems yep. to be the the case with with a lot of fighters. You know, once once they become vulnerable, you know, the thing with Mike Tyson was his persona scared a lot of his opponents um and then once Buster Douglas beat him, that 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 sense of fear left, and and you're right, but he was also an aging fighter at that point, and the same thing will happen to any fighter today, it's hard, like, just take Manny Pacquiao, you know, we're looking at Manny Pacquiao uh, fighting January 19th against Adrian Broner in in what I think is is an extremely tough fight for him, regardless of, you know, what we think of Adrian Broner at this stage, Uh, but the same thing. You know, uh, Manny Pacquiao was considered unbeatable for years, and then all of a sudden he lost a couple of fights. Now he's struggling to, to, you know, regain some of what he had, which he never will, And, and, and that's the way I look at it with Tyson. Yeah, he steamrolled guys because no one was being competitive with him until the Busser Douglas fight, and then a lot of other things took place with him um, you know, I'm always going to stick up for my man, Iron Mike. I mean, come on. I know, you, know. you sure do. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I, I get, um, and, 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 and don't, you can't call me bias. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, I think that's just, my, that's just my point is that, you know, there's a lot of things you got to show to be great. One of the things Mike Tyson never showed to be great was coming back, Lose, losing a few rounds and then coming back. Now, whether that's because he was so great, so much better than everybody for a while, and then it wasn't until he faded uh, that guys had the chance to, you know, sort of win rounds with him.
0: Alex, you know how He's, hard... Come on, it. answer this. You know how hard it is to try to put that mouthpiece back in when you don't have any senses? I, <laughs> I, mean, <back. laughs> I know. But
3: no, I, I I, hear you about... Uh, I am very excited uh I guess I'm one of the few because I looked at the, uh, uh, the seating chart map for the Broner Pacquiao pay-per-view on uh, Friday and, uh, not a single seat has been sold yet. So I still got a time to find good seats for that, but I am looking forward to that fight in the sense that I-, I really think it's a fight that doesn't need to happen, but I'm curious as to see what Pacquiao has left. Um,
0: are you serious? Are are you serious about this seating chart?
3: Yeah, it's completely empty. Nobody, nobody's bought a ticket yet. But I mean, it is.
0: How can that be? How can that be? The fight's a couple weeks away.
3: Yeah, we're still more than two weeks out. So maybe you know, I'll let you know next week um, if if any have have uh, been bought. That uh, fights
0: but, in Ve- that fights in Vegas, right?
3: I forget where it is. Probably that's where pacquia usually fights. Hmm. I don't know, um, but uh, I think that that's. The thing that's interesting about that fight is that Manny Pacquiao is a guy who's been through so many wars that at some point it's very possible he walks up the steps to the ring and has nothing. Um, And boy, wouldn't it be sad to see him lose to Adrian Broner. But I don't think this is a walkover fight. Yes, Pacquiao has so much more skill than Broner um and just in terms of pound, uh punch output alone he should box the hell out of Adrian Broner because even when Broner was at his best he just didn't throw enough punches
0: well keep- not not when he was when he was when he was in the lower weights when he was a lightweight uh and even a junior welterweight at, uh at, at at you know for uh, most of that time his punch output was a lot i mean you know, I thought he was going to be one of the best. I, you know, he just he just got wrapped up with the wrong people and started thinking that he was better than he was. His, he was his worst enemy, really.
3: Right, but I think that's the thing. The thing about him that I think is going to be dangerous that we already saw is dangerous for Manny Pacquiao at this stage, at, this, at, at the Manny Pacquiao that we have in front of us now, uh, is he's just big and strong. Um, Jeff Horn, those were his main abilities, uh, and he made it a very physical fight. Uh, I don't know if Broner has that ability to sort of make it a clutching, grabbing, sort of mugging sort of fight, but um, I I do think Broner, if, if he's able to sort of withstand the Pacquiao flurries, he does have the power to you know, make uh, Manny think about coming in recklessly. Um, So I don't know. I I just think, you know, it does make me think of um, Sugar Ray Leonard versus Hector Camacho, but Adrian Broner is no Hector Camacho.
0: You know, the interesting thing about this fight is that if Manny Pacquiao does truly fight with knockout on his mind, and he does, he can muster up some of that hand speed and and footwork where he was just coming at you from all these different crazy angles, he is going to punch the snot out of Adrian Broner because Adrian Broner will go into that defense and and wait and wait and wait and before he knows it, 12 rounds are going to go by. Um, The ability to stop Adrian Broner, um, you know, like many is saying, would require him to – to stay in one spot a little longer than I think he should. It's going to be an interesting fight. Um, a couple other ones, real quick. Uh, time is already gone here. Dimitris Andre is fighting uh, Artur uh, uh on uh, the same day, the 18th, on on your new favorite network, network the uh, Zone. Um, Dimitris re- recently said uh, uh, that you know he's going to clean up the middleweight division. Um, I've always liked Demetrius. I was glad that he he got rid of um, the two co-promoters that were fleecing him all these years. And I think that he missed out uh, on a lot of uh, financial opportunities uh, and also just generalized stardom opportunities. Um, He's a quality fighter that's aging, did not have enough um, fights, in my opinion. And some of his statements are stating that he's going to show everyone he's the best middleweight in the world. Um, And yet he's taken on uh, Ator Akovov Who's uh, virtually an unknown uh, Character Um, It is a a ranked fighter in the WBO uh, Rankings And and that's the belt he owns But when I look at Demetrius And no disrespect to him I can't see him competing against A a, a Triple G or um, A a Danny Jacobs Or even a Canelo Alvarez Whichever weight class he Decides to fight in Um, What's your thoughts?
3: Um, I think he competes with those guys. Yeah, I he doesn't have the most fan-friendly style, that's for sure. Um, he's uh, mistaken me for Dan Raphael uh, on two occasions, but a lot of people do that because we're both um, fat white guys with goatees who hang around boxing. Um, but uh, I do think he certainly can compete with those guys. Um, I... I don't know. I think he he's a tough one because I think he's not all that uh, thrilling to watch. Although I think his last fight he looked better than he's looked in a long time, um, and I do think that uh, yeah, because didn't the, his last fight he he dropped that guy multiple times. I can't remember. I'm completely blanking now on who his last fight was, but I do remember him. Uh, Dropping him several times, but then having a hard time finishing him. Um, I do think that he belongs in that upper echelon of the division, but I do think that um, because of his style, um, you know, and unfortunately some things that have nothing to do with him really, just sort of the way the promotional uh, powers that be work, uh, he does seem to have a hard time getting bigger fights, so I'm not sure we'll see him in that group, you know, the Canellos, the Jacobs, the Golovkins. But um, I know he wants to be up there, and I think that he could certainly uh, do well with them. I think he'd pose problems for all of them because of uh, his boxing style. He He's very good at, um, you know, defensively and keeping guys. He's very good at distance. So I think that's any guys who are good at distance can sometimes be a little – can you know kind of take the air out of the room because they're at if they're staying at a safe distance, you know the fight becomes a little there's uh, there's lot less contact when that happens. But um, I don't know. I, I do think he's one of the best in the division. So I, and because he's a regional guy, um, I would like to see him do well. But um
0: and, no. and he the, thinks of Dan Raphael, and that's why and that's why uh, I've asked you because I know you know you are you are partial to. <clears throat> local guys um yeah. uh, listen we're we gotta, we gotta let you go but, but real quick you know you're talking about uh, him maintaining his distance well this guy has maintained his distance from the ring altogether Keith Thurman uh steps <laughs> steps back into the ring and he's picking one of my favorite fighters in Josito Lopez to make his triumphant return Josito Lopez should be fighting uh two or three weight classes below which he will fight but love this guy What's your thoughts on Keith Thurman real quick? I mean, I think he's I think he's let time uh pass him by. I I, I don't see him, regardless of what belt he's, he still has, he, he still holds the WBA belt. I don't see him as a major player in the welterweight division right now, um until he gets a, a substantial win under his belt. And I'm not so sure a win over Josito Lopez will do that, in my opinion.
3: No, I agree with you. And I, and I think that it's unfortunate because with the layoff, it does seem that that's entirely self-inflicted. Um, you know, boxers have a really small window of when, or for the most part, they have small windows of when they can be great. And the idea of just staying out of the ring while you're in your prime, you know, it doesn't make sense to me. Uh, and I think, you know a comeback fight against jose Cito lopez if there is someone even though he is sort of fighting heavier than he's used to if there is somebody who could um could sort of test to see if you are serious about this sport i think he probably he's a good guy to do it but um no nah, i think thurman is you know pretty a big strong welterweight so i i think he he'll beat uh jose Cito. but i do think that um you know uh It'll be interesting to see what Thurman shows up. Because- but how's
0: he? What's he going to show us when Josito Lopez is the kind of guy that's going to be right there for him? So we're not going to see if he's got any, you know, uh, any rust in terms of his movement. We're not going to see any super boxing skill from Thurman. We're going to see a guy in Josito Lopez that's going to be right in front of him with the same attitude he always has: kill or be killed. And then Thurman's size and power advantage is going to take over. And I see that fight ending uh, somewhere around the sixth or seventh round.
3: Yeah, I agree with you. I think that that's likely what would happen. But along the way, you know, Thurman will get popped a few times and we'll see how he handles that. But you're right. It it does look like one of those, you know, sort of safety first PBC type matchups, um, you know, that you do have, at least have two names, but one guy's sort of out of his league. Um Although the, the layoff, I, I shouldn't say that because the layoff, layoffs, you never know what a guy's going to look like after a big, long layoff like that. So it, it could be interesting, but you're right. I think it's a, it's definitely a safe fight for Thurman. I don't know. I think one of the other things that is very exciting is Alexander uh, Usyk, who I think is the fighter of the year. He's talking about moving up to heavyweight and going right into a fight with like a Pavetkin. Um, which I think that'd be awesome. Uh, I don't know. The heavyweights are what really have me excited, and the idea that Usyk uh, might be a part of that mix too uh, is fascinating to me. I mean, he really—he's going to have to do some. Uh, he's going to have to go talk to David because he's going to have to do some giant cl- killing. But, I think
0: uh, I think he should talk to Michael Spinks and uh, and realize, you know, and learn from Mike. That you know, yeah, you might be able to get a win or two out of here, but these guys are bigger and stronger. Maybe you should stay right where the hell you are, my man. Well, but.
3: I love that, Billy C. You have to love that too—the the guts to want to go up there and do that. That's what we like. We Let, like the it,
0: wait a minute. Let's uh, be we like real. The
3: guys want to put their head in the crocodile's mouth. I got
0: you. I got gotcha, you. Gotcha, except, I think it's more for the. Don't me, to be honest with you, because he can make a hell of a lot more money That's than he true. can. with, you know, especially in the U.S. But, uh, Alex, great uh, listening to you and watching you. Finally, be able to hear us, and uh, we'll be, uh, we'll be, we'll be waiting for you uh, next week, my man.
3: Hey, and also I did want to say I did notice. I think it's it's good news that I think Adonis Stevenson's uh girlfriend mentioned over the holidays that uh he is speaking they sewed up the tracheotomy um so hopefully things are improving for adonis stevenson
0: yeah well we all know one thing we'll never see him in the ring again so uh but but hopefully he'll be able to uh live a normal life so uh alex we'll be looking forward to you next week brother all right billy see take care that's alex papali and uh you can catch him next week and speaking of alex papali Um, I wanted to make sure I I let everybody know that, um, you know, all the blasts, and it's one of our favorite uh, segments uh, on the show here, one of your favorite segments on the show, uh, was the uh, blast from the past. And um, the blasts are uh, the ones at least, you know, it's my bad, because, um, you know, a lot of the blasts from the past that we've done Uh, Were embedded in the shows themselves So and because of the nature of the shows uh, Good old Billy C never really put um, Some of the stuff on the title So I have all of these years worth of uh, uh, shows And uh, nothing uh, um, You know I don't know which blast is on etc etc But there were a lot of them Especially from uh, several years ago uh, That uh, uh, we did know what was on them And we were able to pull them out. And that will all the blast we're going to showcase on the new uh, television channel where there'll be uh, I think there's one day a week where we'll have uh, uh, eight or ten episodes back to back to back to back of the blast. And and they're really, uh, uh, really fun to watch. So I I think that uh, uh, you should definitely uh, check those out. Uh, Joining us again uh from a place that's a hell of a lot warmer uh, than I am right now is uh, Sal Rocky Cola. I'm I'm impressed that you uh, you connected in the first shot here. I mean, you know, I, I I almost thought that maybe you and Alex were at the same place because I was getting the same stuff with him, but uh, <laughs> well, let me um, tell
1: you, I'm a notch below Alex when it comes to uh, technology and computers and Skype and all this stuff or anything. Just just forget about it. I'm out of there. But uh, hey, just so you know, That I listened to the entire show. Let me tell you, if I could recap a few comments and a few things that you had during those segments with Dax and Alex, which were excellent, by the way. Uh, You know, there were some big, big fighters that uh, didn't worry so much as they do today to protect their O, as Michael Buffer would say, and put it on the line and fought the best and had their very first defeat and came back to have a stellar career they were already in the middle of a stellar career and i don't know i'm not going to say this in chronological order but hey remember roberto duran he had his first loss to esteban de jesus and he came back and i think he stopped them the next two times but roberto duran had his first loss um and, of course, Sugar Ray, Roberts, uh, Sugar Ray Leonard had his first loss to Roberto Duran. And we all know what kind of comeback he came back with and what he did for his stellar career, at signature level uh, as well. And then, of course, one of my good friends, uh, Bobby Chez. Bobby Chez had his first defeat, and I watched it on TV, and I couldn't believe that what I saw in front of me when he had his first defeat against Mustafa Hamshaw. And he was undefeated. He was the matinee idol. And bam, you, you, you saw just uh, Bobby crumble in that fight. But, man, let me tell you something. That turned his whole psyche around, his ability and his desire and his heart. And, man, Bobby Ches had a stellar career after that. So there are a lot of fighters that had defeats for the first time. And they improved and came back with a windfall.
0: Well, it's an education process, and that's yes. what fighters are being deprived. And I'm going to use that word. They're being deprived of that opportunity today, Sal. And, and you left out one of the most famous, uh, all-time great, and talk about achievement, guy that's in the Hall of Fame now. Uh, was a guy that that uh, held multiple titles in in uh, you know multiple divisions simultaneously, uh, which when there was only eight divisions, something that will never be repeated today. Uh, <laughs> the late great Henry Armstrong. Henry I mean, Armstrong,
1: the he, hurricane. He
0: Hank, started H- Hammer and Hank. He star- he started, um, uh, I think, I think he lost the f- two of his first three fights, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, you know, so I, I mean, this is, you know, as he turns pro, you know, so there's many fighters that that lost and came back and used those losses uh, as an educational process. And that's something that fighters of today are actually being deprived of because they are being overprotected. Um, they are not getting a chance to develop. I've said this for years now, um, you know, and by the way, it is our 15th uh, year doing this show, so we're we're excited about that. I can't believe I've been involved in in the sport of boxing for thirty five years. Um, but uh, but the truth of the matter is, is that you know I've said it a million times, Sal. If you if your level of opposition doesn't get better as you progress with your career, and I don't care if you're you're in the amateurs or in the pros, you're not going to get better. It's I use the analogy of, sure. of a football team playing the worst team every single week for 16 weeks and go undefeated are they really the best you know do they get better I uh, I don't think so you're you you were a, a former a world-ranked uh contender you you know what it's like I mean didn't you learn something from from those tougher fights as you were climbing the ladder I mean aren't they instrumental in a fighter's growth as they proceed with their career
1: not, not only are they're instrumental, but let me tell you something. they, they are so it's incredibly uh, uh, evident once you go through a war, a changing fight, uh, kind of a thing, it's it's testing yourself. It's testing your metal, your courage, your ability, your conditioning. It's everything. And when you pull yourself up and and and, and go on and learn from a fight, uh, and, and a lot of these fights, and a lot of these fighters, Do that along the amateur path. I mean, the first time I was in 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 a ring with a whirlwind boxer. Uh, I I mean, I was just a puncher and a slugger, and and boom. Then I learned, hey, maybe I got to learn how to counter this. First time I was in a ring with a taller opponent, which was 99% of the time. You know, you learn, you learn how to cut off the ring. You learn how to throw feints to the head, bang to the body. You know, and you learn these things along the path. The first time you fight a southpaw, you know, you keep your 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 left foot on the outside of his right foot and you know you learn these things but it's experience and that's what i think you're alluding to that a lot of these guys that are so protected they do not have that opportunity as the earlier fighters did to get that exposure where they're gonna have some challenge and they're gonna be challenged themselves they're gonna have to learn they're gonna have to evolve they're gonna have to go to school with their trainer the old-fashioned way and get critique and learn and take the time, the tutelage, and become a better fighter. That's the whole thing. You're looking to always strive to survive and grow and learn to become a complete, all round great fighter.
0: No, I couldn't, have, I couldn't have said it as well as uh, as you. Hey, listen, I'm going to uh, read an email right now, but first I, I, I want to give stuff away. You know, the title about Championship Computer Game is, you know, we appreciate uh, being part of uh, – uh, that game, and I want to give a copy away. It's it's a great game. It's the same um, uh, simulcast uh, uh, type game that uh, that Alex uses for the Blast of the past. Um, and I want to give a copy away. So here's what you got to do: you got to go up to our new television network, and you can get to it. Um, it it's Geneco USA. Uh, Geneco has uh, uh, other. Uh, uh, networks in other countries, but if you just go to uh, GINICO, Giniko G I N I K O U S A dot com and sign up, you can see how you can sign up. I know it's on uh, Roku and Hulu and I don't know all the other Hawaiian-sounding uh, networks that you can get to. Because um, you know, I know Sal is all up to speed on this, and I, I'm not so much. Hulu. But uh, uh, Hulu is that is that like a grass Hulu. skirt? Is Hulu like a grass skirt? <laughs> um, but I will give one. I will give you. I will give you uh, a free copy. If uh, you're the first one to email me, Billy at Talkin' Boxing, T-A-L-K-I-N, B-O-X-I-N-G, and tell me um, what uh, you thought of one of uh, the Boxing Revisited's that are airing uh, on that channel today. Uh, Now, they are scattered around, so it'll give you an opportunity to, uh, to watch. And uh, I need you to let me know what you think of it. This was a series Sal and I uh, worked on, and we're, we're uh, trying to plan to do uh, another one uh, in the near future. Um, let me know what you think. Uh, tell me specifically what you thought and which fight it was, and um, I'm going to randomly pick out the best email and give you your very own copy. Uh, so uh, do that right now. And then email me, Billy at Talkin TalkinBoxing, T A L K I N B O X I N G dot com. It's an easy one, man. Just just do something. This email's from my man Johnston. He says, Hey, Billy C, happy new year, all you guys. Uh, he says, I've been watching your show on the brand new channel, uh, and I'm loving it. He says, Specifically, the Billy C Revisited. Uh, he says, I've watched that classic middleweight matchup between Sugar Ray Robinson and Gene Fulmer. Uh, how many rabbit punches from Fulmer? <laughs> Um Sal and I when we did that uh, uh we, <laughs> we were did, like oh yeah, my man. god you know but uh, uh and he says that in that Peekaboo defensive stance was definitely uh different but leads with the heads, uh leading with the head was ridiculous then he says I watched and 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 I tell you the truth Sal and I watched this one and we've talked about it since then I this was probably one of the most brutal fights I've ever watched and it was. and Sal and I I had known Um, uh, of the fight but when we filmed this um, neither one of us had watched this fight in its entirety and if you watch it on the new channel um, you can hear it in our voices first of all I will apologize in advance Um, we we watch these and call these fights as if they were happening live so I had never seen the, the, the video that we watched and there was a lot of Stuff going on And Sal and I Were just waiting For the action I mean it was like Six minutes uh, Of uh, you know Pre-fight stuff That we had no idea what, what it was We're trying to get He's going I'm going Oh that's It was a big monster guy He's going That's Chuck Connors I'm going That's not Chuck Connors So it's It's very entertaining So, so, so check it out um, But he says uh, He watched the Fulmer And Benny Kid Perret He says And wow What an unbelievable fight I love the head blocking style This fight was brutal and yeah. uh, how these guys... It, it, it forever changed both their careers. Um, as a matter of fact, Fulmer um, never uh, went on to uh, look that good again. He only fought a couple of times after that, and Benny Kid perrette uh, actually fought again three weeks later and then was killed in the ring. Um, and, you know, this fight, one of the things we discussed in the post-fight discussion was that is if this fight had taken place today... Um, I'm not so sure that it would have continued because uh, one of the fighters, I'm not even going to tell you if you don't know, but one of the fighters was down a few times. I think it would have been raved, waved off. But the other thing is it may have saved, if this fight did take place today, it may have saved Perrette's life because they would have put both of these fighters on a suspension, Sal. That's the rule today after a fight like that. And it could have saved this guy's life because, um, you know, I, he clearly – uh, took some shots that his body should have rested for probably nine. I, I bet you if it was in New York, they would have put him on a 90-day suspension. But anyway. Oh,
1: yeah. With observation, I'm telling oh, you. Oh, yeah, know. yeah.
0: He says, uh, anyway, excellent work, guys. I enjoyed those two fights and look forward to watching more. It's a brilliant format. Uh, the dogs, Bullocks, as we say over here in England. Uh, what other fights have you done? We've done uh, a couple of Sugar Rays. We've done uh, an Ali fight, a great fight with uh, uh, Mathis. Uh, we also have a Sonny Liston fight. We have a couple of other ones that are on tap. Uh, so uh, I think I'm leaving one out too, Sal. But uh, anyway, he uh-huh. says one, one more thing. His fighter of the year was Yusick. Uh, the fighter of the year was the Battle of the Miguels, Burchel and Roman. Uh, he says, I'm with Dax as the uh, World Boxing Super Series uh, as the event of the year. Uh, and he said, you know, he means all of them. And he says, promoter of the year, Eddie Hearn. Uh, he says, uh, I'm done with my, uh, I, he said all his rest of his domestic awards are up on an article on the website. Uh, so I appreciate the email. But uh, it was certainly a lot of fun, Sal, doing those revisits.
1: It was. I mean, it was so exciting. And, and as you were talking right now, I, I, you know, there, there's so much that just came to mind of so many other fights. I would love to have the, to have the opportunity to do with you and revisit those i mean even the sugar ray leonard first uh roberto duran fight or uh, or uh, you know something even earlier we can go back i would love to see some uh, henry armstrong uh old 8 millimeter reels if we could look at that and see if there's any fights there uh, i'd love to see uh hey there's 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 a plethora of fights i mean there's so many classic fights that we could revisit i know but you're, thing.
0: but you're forgetting one small detail we oh, yeah. don't We don't have the rights to rebroadcast you know, us. <laughs> the right to fight. The rights we, to the fight. We, I forgot about that. Yeah, well. Uh, you know, thanks for the reminder, Yeah, man. well, I mean, I oh, would love man. to, I would love let's to let's, do. Let's see what else I, I could pull out. Man. Yeah, I know. I could, I could those, love. I could, there's a lot of them I would love to do. But uh, unfortunately, we only have the rights to do uh, a certain amount. And, and we, do, we still have the rights to do uh, some of them. And we, we have some really good ones on tap. Uh, the Roberto Duran won a Carlos Monzon won. Uh, more Sugar Ray Robinson fights. Um, so, um, yeah, we, we will be doing that in the near future. So uh, you guys keep your eyes peeled uh, for that. Um, as far as uh, uh, fights this year, Sal, there, there are some good ones coming up. And hopefully it'll, it'll continue, uh, you know, with, uh, with us getting uh, some great fights. Uh, I'm, I'm focusing on this Pacquiao-Broner fight. Um, I, I just, you know, it's a huge risk for Pacquiao and, you know, a lot of us have written off Adrian Broner, but he's still a talented guy. He's still extremely young. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to see which version of Manny Pacquiao uh, we get, because if he wins this fight, you know, obviously he's going to continue forward. If he loses this fight, Sal, I would think it's time for Pacquiao to hang him up. I mean, what do you think?
1: Well, you you know my thoughts, Bill. I, you know, hey, who am I to to, to uh, talk about comebacks and and, and retiring? I mean, uh, but uh, I you know when you have been to the mountain Back several times, as Pacquiao has, uh, we're never going to see another Pacquiao in his prime. He's had his prime. We're going to see a Pacquiao that's able to muster up a victory here and there and do things. But, you know, to remember back where Pacquiao was when he was fighting in his prime at the weights, I think his body was more tailored to accommodate and to, do, to perform at its peak. Uh, you know, I think he's fighting over his weight now, and I think, uh, you know, that's what's happening. He's, he's getting in the ring with some of these bigger guys that just physically he's, he's, uh, he's not the same fighter, um, and, and he's got nothing really to prove. Uh, I, I said it years ago. The only fight he should have came back for was the initial um, uh, Floyd Mayweather fight, the rematch. That's it. That was the only incentive. That was the only thing he could have ever wanted a signature uh, comeback to, to prove and to do. And that never happened, and it never will. And, uh, you know, and if it does, it's, it's a shame on uh, people that are going to try to bring these old guys back to, to do what, what they should have done again five years earlier. So I, I don't know. I wish Manny the best. I hope he doesn't get hurt. I don't see this fight really being of interest, number one, to the majority. I, I'm not really that uh, concerned or, or, or so, but I will look on in on it. You know that. But uh, what's the real significance of this fight? Uh, uh, and 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 what is it going to do if Pacquiao wins? We know what's going to do if he loses. But uh, where is he going to go f- go to from here? Uh, he's he's already had it is what I'm saying. So uh, I, I I wish Manny the best. I hope he uh, gets through this fight physically and mentally, emotionally, in in good shape. Uh, but uh, don't be surprised that Broner's not going to hurt him and not going to end his career. Well. You know,
0: uh, Adrian Broner, uh, you know, I mean, he's got, talent. He's, he's, he's got talent. He's not a likable guy anymore no. at all. Um, and I'm I'm with you. I, I think there's a big risk uh, for Manny Pacquiao. And um, I, I, just, I continue to ask myself why he still does it. But, um, you know, we'll see on January 19th. Uh, the day before, Brian Jennings taking on Oscar Rivas. I like that fight. Oscar Rivas is a young uh, fighter coming up, tough guy. Uh, Brian Jennings has been there. Um, doesn't seem to be uh, uh, the same fighter after being annihilated by Luis Ortiz. Uh, but, uh, but we'll see. You know That's, that's going to be taking place uh, on that Friday. Uh, Demetri Andre is, is coming back. So in a couple of weeks, we've got a busy schedule that takes us through the rest of the month. And uh, we'll be talking about that. And another thing uh, that you and I talked about, Sal, and I, I just might as well let the cat out of the bag. You know, <laughs> uh, o- over the last 15 years of doing this show, and we started uh, uh, really just, uh, <laughs> just as something uh, the, the great Jeremy C. Uh, talked me into it. We, we owned a gym. Uh, in Poughkeepsie, New York, and, and we started it just as a as a means to get people into the gym, just as a selling point, and we ended up uh, on a uh, a podcast network at the time, and it's grown to what we have today. Um, but during that time, a lot of the focus for the first decade of the show was interviews, and I had had a lot of great interviews with uh, you know all time great fighters Sugar Ray uh, Leonard, uh, Ernie Shavers, uh, Ray Mercer uh you know uh, even not how many people call him an all-time great but uh the late Tommy Morrison uh the late Billy Costello I mean all these interviews uh and then we also had a bunch of interviews with fighters that you know of that are still active today in the beginning of their career like multiple division world champion Danny Garcia uh, I believe he was 7-0 and when we had him on the first time Tyson Fury when he was uh not even a top 10 contender. Uh, Andre Berto on his way up. And that list goes on and on. We've also had a bunch of celebrities uh, that have been on this show like uh, um, uh, Tony Danza and... and uh, the guy from the part, Tony. Uh, what is his name? Uh, Danny Bonaduce. Danny Bonaduce. And, and even even Snooky was on on the show once, and and we had some porn star on on the show one time who was uh, a no no it, it's true she she was some kind of porn star that was at a uh, a boxing event and was a big boxing fan so you know every one of these people we had on had a connection to the sport of course. Anyway, the moral of my long-winded story here is we have a lot of those uh, interviews as audio. And one of the things that we're going to be doing in the near future and then putting it up on the television station is Sal and I uh, and Dax and and, uh, Alex will all uh, be on uh, the show together and then we'll play one of uh, these interviews and dissect it. um, Where that fighter, you know, what their mindset was like Uh, at that time when we did the interview um how did it work out did they achieve what they were saying they were going to do um where are they today what has happened to them etc etc and i think that's going to be pretty fun to to revisit some of those interviews sal and i know you're pretty excited about it as well
1: i am i'll tell you what that would be stellar and i uh I definitely would love to do do that with you and 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 see exactly where where they were after that interview, how they evolved or devolved. Is that a word? Devolved? I don't know, but but I understood what <laughs> I you meant. I and, and,
0: and, and you know, it's funny you're saying that word. and I've been watching a lot of Slip Mahoney lately, and let <laughs> me tell you, I, t- I tell you what, he's got nothing on you, Sal. He's got
1: nothing on you. It. Yeah, hey, I made up a word. I want to see this word going to to the dictionary. I may have said this. I, I said this word thirty years ago. I was giving driving directions to a friend of mine to get to a party. Uh, he was a doctor, and I said, "You got to come around this road here. You got to kind of look. at You got to kind of Uh and, and he's like, "What?" He said, "Sal, you know what? You don't have to say anything else because I know exactly what you mean." <laughs> that's, that's... I said, yeah, it's kind of around the corner. You look over there. It's got to. You got to kind of perpendiculate yourself, and, and he, he's like okay slip we'll do that <laughs> that that's
0: clearly a slip mahoney word for sure but uh anyway well listen boys and girls time flies if when you, wants to know what that means i'll tell him <laughs> t- time flies when you're having fun it's great to be back uh we all uh needed a little recharge and uh we're looking forward to uh uh moving along for 2019 we're gonna as promised uh, every year uh we've been around we've gotten better and better and better and uh 2019 will be no different so uh Uh, Make sure you uh, continue to tune in. So, with that said, all I could say is this. Make sure you tune in next time. Same bat channel. Oh, oh, wait a minute. I guess it's been a long time. Take two. Take two. Let's do it over. Okay. Make sure you tune in next time. Same bat time. Same bat channel. Until then, I'll leave you with this. Ciao, baby. (laughs)
1: Den and then it and